0: Three, two, one. Let's go. What's Hot in the Strip Clubs? Your hosts, the 2016 and 2017 recipients of the Exotic Dancer Publications DJ of the Year Award, Danny Myers and Alan Fong.
1: Welcome to Behind the Curtain, a What's Hot in the Strip Clubs podcast on the Pantheon Podcast Network. We are found on all major streaming platforms, or you can go to our website, www.whatshotitsc.com. I'm your host, Elon Fong, and you are listening to Behind the Curtain. What we do on Behind the Curtain is we pull the curtain back, the proverbial curtain of the strip club industry, and we introduce you to some of the talented and unique individuals uh, that work in that industry, and I'm telling you, they have some of the most unique stories and are some of the most talented people you could ever meet. Today's guest is no exception. He's become a true inspiration to me. He's a 24-year veteran of the strip club industry, born in Bay Point, California. He's worked in Tulsa, San Francisco, Phoenix, Uh, He's also been a musician for 40-plus years of his life, guitarist and singer. And the inspiration part, this man has overcome some unbelievable health issues over the last couple of years, and I've watched him go on this journey. I've talked to him when he's at some of his lowest points, and I see where he is now today. He's still working the recovery process of his injuries, and we'll get into all that in just a little bit. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, my friend and my inspiration, Mr. Chris Allen. Chris, welcome to the show.
2: Howdy. Nice uh, Nice to hear you.
1: It's so good seeing you, man. You look great. You look happy. This is it warms my heart to, to see you like this, my friend.
2: Thanks, man. It, it, it's a process. It takes a lot of work.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. We're gonna we're gonna get to all of that, but you know, this is yeah. a music podcast to begin. So let's start with some fun stuff. Then we'll get to the serious stuff, and then we'll do some more fun stuff on the end. So let's start with your your music career. How did guitar enter your life? How did it become such a big thing in your life? What what lit that fire?
2: My big sister had one around, and I picked it up when I was about five started messing with it my grandfather took me down to all the senior citizen center they had like a little guitar class there and i was a i was a fat kid but no friends and and nothing to do man i'd literally sit in the front yard of my grandma's house sit on the grass play guitar by ear wow Uh, i might have been in fifth grade sixth grade maybe and my uncle you know he would heard me play and because he had a guitar lying around and he gave me an old norma hollow body guitar Oh, kind of like a, a ESP three five knockoff kind of thing, and an amp. And we had gone up to Seattle on a train. We'd gone up on Amtrak, so I brought a guitar on Amtrak home, and I didn't have a case, so it was like always out. That's awesome. And it was since it's you know semi hollow, like you could actually hear it. And so, I, like I would sit on the car and just you know scrum songs or whatever. Yeah, just started learning some rock and roll after that. Man. I started listening. To, I listened to eight tracks of like the Beatles and Hendrix. Nice. You know, um, Uncle also gave me a. I don't even have it anymore, dude. I had a. It was in the vinyl, never played album of Montrose with Sammy Hagar oh, yeah. vocals. Yeah, I'm like '74. Sure. Yeah, dude, that's that. Like,
0: you're
1: a candy baby. That yeah, that, that whole
2: album, like you know, Ryan Montrose and Y&T, just a bunch of influences in the Bay Area. But yeah, I eventually started taking guitar lessons. By the time I was in high school, I got to be pretty decent at it. Started taking a few lessons. Hell man, I, I thought I was gonna be a rock star. So I
1: didn't I, we all
2: I played uh <laughs> a common know, I, I played in a lot of cover bands. I did I hosted a lot of jam nights and whatnot. Kind of got to be kind of like a not, not like a session player per se. I've done some sessions for money. Like I've had people pay me to just lay down some guitar cool. riffs or whatever. I got to where I was I was working with different types of music. Like I, you know, by, after high school and college, you know, I, I thought I was gonna be a music major. Found out really quick mm-hmm. that was like the dumbest thing ever. Because <laughs> do that? you know why? Because music majors want to grow up to be high school band teachers. And oh, they, okay. They are as square. Okay. They're as square as a Nissan Cube. <laughs> uh, most of them, and um, <laughs> and they all sight read. I was illiterate. I couldn't oh, wow. read music, but I could pick my <laughs> instrument up, and I could hear something and just effortlessly, you know, bring it right back out. So like, ah, music theory class is a bitch, and like, and everybody, you That's have to do sure. all your homework on the piano, and yeah. everybody has to play piano. I didn't know how to play piano, so I'm I'm literally sitting with a college professor with the Mikro Cosmos book, which is a Russian piano study. It is for oh it's typically what you would learn in like first or second grade if you wanted to be a little kid. I'm just like, this is a fucking waste of time, man. <laughs> and it's like. It's kind of like I was sitting there with, with somebody that's like a, I think get played like an oboe or some shit. I'm like, well, can't you like, like if you just hear something in <laughs> F, like, can't you just pick it up and like, like fit in in F? Like, no, I need the music in front of me. Like, so you can't like close your eyes and just jam. Like, right. you guys aren't musicians. Like, well, no, we all want to be teachers. I'm like, get right. me out of
1: here. And <laughs> <laughs> improvisation, I agree. You got to feel it, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I worked, I, I, I we're doing bars and, I, there was a stint I had, like I was, a, I was a one-man band. Uh, I had a, oh cool, I had a Roland workstation that I called Chip. Chip was awesome because once I hired <laughs> Chip, like um, my my bass player was always on time. My drummer stopped fucking my <laughs> girlfriend, you know. It like, <laughs> and he you was just like, just couldn't
1: sing." Luckily, sing. you sing too.
2: And I sing, and I would, you know, I I'd have my, my electric stuff and my acoustic stuff with me. I'd set up the workstation and a PA and monitors. I'd roll up to a bar, and if you walked in from outside, you think that there was like a big ass band in there. Right. You know, I, even when I would track the, even when I would track the sequences, I would slop them up a little bit so that it sounded like a drunk sure. bar band. I just stumbled into the club thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I was going to school in Tulsa. I went there to. I was going to go be a uh, jet engine mechanic. Oh, cool! Was, God, dude, I still owe fifty thousand dollars in student loans. Yeah, I'm working at this I'm working at this club. I was I was the I was the lot bitch. I was the parking okay. lot security guy. That little van, I had a little shuttle van out there. And I mo- mostly what my job was is to keep track of how many times the sheriff's cars came by. Because the sheriff's cars were hitting our customers, they were coming by. We actually Johnny had a really good lawyer. My club owner had a real good lawyer. And uh they sued the county and they actually assigned us right sergeant sarge would come by like every once in a while. real nice guy good sense of humor he'd just he'd come through just say hi you know at the door and look around and just make sure that you know nobody was acting like a drunk jackass and help walk the girls in the cars and shit like that so you know that was where i was started and johnny and my boss uh or my dj al they had come out to watch my band i'm playing the first song by the way, I haven't told you this, but like eventually my music, it evolved. I played porno blues. Porno blues. I we'll get into porno blues in a minute. They came out to watch me play and I'm playing like the second song and like the second note of the second song, pop, okay. a pop a string. And I I only had the one electric guitar with me that night. So I restring the guitar with a Floyd Rose tremolo, which if you're a guitar player out there, that that takes like extra doing. I put a new, I put a new string on and as I'm doing it, I'm at the bike stand <laughs> and I'm just running through like a little right. stand up routine. I entertained the crowd for that. And and Al comes up to me and says, Chris, you know, well, he goes big. Well, my blues name is Big Nasty. Because i seen the part where the name says.
1: came from. Okay.
2: he just nasty. There you go. You've got an amazing voice. We need to make you a DJ. Al was from Fort Smith, Arkansas. And he looked like a Keebler elf. And he was a former Pentecostal minister. And so I started shadowing Al inside, kind of picking up his vibe. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> He's preaching to these
1: people. <laughs> That's awesome.
2: This is his fucking congregation. I always kind of looked at it a lot like that. Especially, I've worked yeah. over the years. I work a lot of Sundays, a lot of Sunday day shifts. And uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, here at the First Church of What's Shaking. Now, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm like, let's let's have the Sunday service.
1: You know, and, and, <laughs> Hallelujah, bro. Uh,
2: it's a naked sermon. Hallelujah. This was a jukebox joint. Like, I didn't even DJ. I just MC. Yeah. And, um, and so, and it was the old school, uh, jukebox. Like, oh, I cool. actually had physical CDs in it. So, my, <laughs> my hit you know, and I was, so I was just, it, so Al taught me the fundamentals. He taught me how to upsell. He taught me how to, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we got champagne now, you know, how to do, you know, how to sell dances, how to, you know, how to close a night down, call to action, the, the, you know, the urgency for the sale. We got, this song and three more, gentlemen. This song and three more. You got to get those dances and don't be sitting there looking at her. <laughs> Sit there with her sitting on you, looking at her. You know, like there whatever. You, you know, whatever. You know, dumb thing you do. And I mean, dude. Once I uh, once I got a uh, a decent night at work, and it was like a Monday night or something like that. I had like two hundred some dollars in my pocket. I can think of only like one or two times I've ever gone to a gig and played guitar and got one or two hundred dollars, or you know, got two hundred dollars. And that involved hauling a truckload of gear and, and usually climbing up stairs and shit. All I did was sit on my ass and talk crap and slap somebody on the ass. This is great.
1: Yeah, there's been a, there's been a pretty consistent theme of uh, failed or disinterested or uh, lost faith musicians who become circle of DJs. I think like 80% of the guys I've talked to were former musicians. How, so how did uh, DJing, like proper DJing, where you actually were spinning the music, music and mixing as well as MCing start for you. Yeah. When did that kind of kick in?
2: I was at another club in Tulsa called The Ritz. there's an actual club. They actually had a real DJ set up. They had a uh, American DJ or whatever in the booth. Now they were they were always on. They were always on their jukebox, anyways.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: But they had features there, and so when a feature would come through, they would bring me their okay. CD, and I basically I just push play in the booth. Is all I'm really doing. You know, started doing that, and I. When I got to San Francisco after I'd left Tulsa, no, actually, no, I was DJing before I left Tulsa, that's right, the the third club in Tulsa that I went to, they actually had, they had a jukebox for the day shift and my setup for the night shift, and we played CDs, and girls would bring me, I I had all these girls with CDs all with their track numbers on them, on post-it notes, and then at the end of the night, they come get their CDs. was doing good was it was cool you know and it wasn't even dj gear it was like i had one of my cd players was a five disc changer and another one was like so you know and i even had a cassette deck that was wired into the mixers old school like the best radio shack mixer you could get the cassette deck was wired into it and they had (laughs) they had a house music like they had like a house like a rack of cds that were just like the houses yeah
1: most clubs did back then right yeah the house cd collection
2: Right. right and it was like you know uh geek like writing your own discs uh was just barely maybe gonna become a thing and i started with that and we moved uh moved to san francisco overnight when uh or you know back home one one night just what the hell let's get out of salsa back to my mom like you know, hey i want to go see your mom oh, i want to go see my mom too so I went back there it was bouncing between <laughs> jobs i was using dope back then i was week or big time
1: i was gonna say you you said uh in our pre-talk that you were 17 years meth free so congratulations on that sobriety from that that's a
2: yes sir today is actually my day and by the way i owe um i and i always i always shout out for this dude daniel montoya fucking helped me get off fucking dope
1: well congratulations
2: by then i was working in san francisco and i was staying at the uh the Basque hotel right right down the hallway from him he worked like almost directly below us he worked at the hungry eye and I worked around the corner at Little I, I, You know, I was like, man, you know, Dan, I I just uh, I got to I got to make a change here. You know, I kind of kind of got my ass handed to me. And like the, the last club I'd worked at, they're like, dude, you're not working at any more San Francisco clubs. Because the dude told me, he goes, man, when you're on, you're the best jock in San Francisco. And when you're on one, you're the worst jock in San Francisco. And all lately, all you've been is on one. I'm like, I'm not hiring you back because they deja vu's clubs they own almost all the clubs in san francisco and there's a management company there that they manage all the clubs so i mean they would i could get hired i could get fired on tuesday afternoon and yeah. get a call tuesday at 6 p.m from another club right around the corner like hey uh nasty uh my dj's not coming in tonight can you help me but yeah i i stopped uh i i decided to do it cold turkey like that and um sure and he really t- he talked to me he kind of talked me through some of that man like that, right at the very first start, and he told me he was like, "Dude, I just went through something like this, man, and it's not easy." I said, "I should quit smoking cigarettes, too." And he says, "No, no, no, you're going to need those for a while."
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> took me another. An took... Good people, man. Good people. Dude, right
2: he's here. he's yeah, he's 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 great, you know. And and um, I got a job in San Francisco. uh I started at New city Theater all oh, day, and it's like still playing CDs. Like the the head DJ there, he had like a Footlocker full of CDs there. So I just started burning discs. So I mean, and I still have all those discs. I still have like they were like my actual CDs that I bought and ones that I burned. I use a computer for the first time. I worked with John Harden at uh, Hustler, and um, I I went to the Harden One Hundred One School of Okay, now you can rock a mic, man. Let me show you how to really rock a mic. But uh, that was the first time I'd, I'd used a computer. And I even when I moved to Phoenix in 06, I didn't get a hard drive until I was already here and working for a minute
1: i was late on the computer thing dude i was so far behind everyone used to tease me in panda i didn't switch to uh virtual dj till 2014 <laughs> what were you using CDs? i burned stuff i you know i same thing as you except i just kept going and going. my and going.
2: god did you yeah but you were doing it in the 2010s yeah yeah
1: look man i'll say this i say this all the time it's not about the platform it's about your song selection that's true and as long as you have as long as you have the songs, so especially in a strip club right you don't I mean, we, we do beat match a little bit, but it's not as important as when you're a club DJ, right? Where you're not talking over transition.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, I like, we, we learned how to do that. Like we, when I worked at, at New century theater, they had a nice Denon, that a uh, Denon 2100 F uh, you could, you could like pitch lock and slow it down at whatever your tempo you wanted. You could do all that. You could actually scratch on the damn thing. I, I love that. I loved that CD player. That was a great CD player. Now, the stuff, all the buttons that we got, it's like, no wonder there's a bunch of idiot kids that want to be a hundred dollar DJ because it it, literally you could you could sound halfway convincing with, you know, just pushing some buttons.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's take a short break right here and then we're going to come back and kind of talk about what's been going on with you lately and some of the stuff you've had to overcome. We'll have more with Chris Allen right after
0: this. This is DJ Mike D with my chum, Elon Fong right here on the what's hot in the strip club podcast on the pantheon podcast network hello pantheon podcast listeners christian swain here to tell you more about my experience with raycon earbuds our family now has three pairs of raycon earbuds around the house and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price and yes she loves them now if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of raycons
1: We are back with Chris Allen on Behind the Curtain, a What's Hot in the Strip Clubs podcast on the Pantheon Podcast Network. You can find us on all major streaming platforms or go to our website, www.whatshotitsc.com. We're back with Chris Allen, uh, living in Phoenix, Arizona now. Uh, We were talking about his strip club DJ career and his music career. And now we're going to move into something I teased earlier in the show. We're going to talk about some of the crazy health stuff he's had go on. Uh, in his life, the last what four years and pre COVID, I think it started a little bit two, two years? years. Okay, okay, two years then. So it started during COVID. Let's. So how did how did you sustain your? Let Let's tell everybody what your initial injury was and how that happened.
2: So I was. Uh, I had been. <clears throat> I've been sleeping in my office for the longest time because uh, I have a queen size bed and I my ass is huge. And I usually wind up rolling over and elbowing uh, Sarah in the face. That's his wife. <laughs> just to make things easier, I have, a, I have a twin bed in my in my office, and I, w- I would sleep in here. So I had been consuming a lot of alcohol. Uh-oh. <laughs> and uh, I probably a healthy amount of marijuana with it. Okay. And I'm sitting on the foot of my bed, and <clears throat> I had to work a day shift at Christie's the next day. I was working at Christie's in Tempe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I figured, like, well, I need to go to sleep really quick. I probably just better rub one out so <laughs> i hadn't even started playing a movie but when 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 sarah found me and she had to get the phone oh, all my mm-hmm. she's like she you had your shit
1: open a pornhub I was like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs>
2: and I, and I, I fell asleep i i fell asleep sitting on the foot of my bed and my body fell forward and the first thing that hit the floor was my forehead oh and god i broke my i broke my c4 vertebrae my wrist had fall was underneath me and there was something probably a pair of shoes on the floor okay I broke my wrist in three places. Oh, my God. And while I was on the floor with my cheek pressed up against the floor, I was a quadriplegic.
1: Oh, my I God. I didn't know. I
2: couldn't move a fucking thing.
1: That is scary. So I I was going to make a joke, but I really can't now. Oh, you can make a joke now because, <laughs> I mean, it's like.
2: I had I had, a, uh, I had like every disc in my neck was completely blown out. I've had surgery to correct it now. But oh, my God. I You know, I, earlier that week, I, I was at the bar. I'm like, every time I look up at the TV, I kept getting like a little jolt through my arms.
1: Oh, so you had some neck problems you weren't really aware of yet then.
2: I wasn't even really aware of them yet. So I, I my, my one arm is right in front of me on the floor, and I, I can't even move a finger.
1: Oh my so you're so let me back up here so you were uh having good planning on having a self-pleasure session passed out <laughs> essentially passed out before you even got going and fell on your face and wrist and became a quadriplegic in that moment that is insane. so Sarah, your wife finds you like this like, oh my yeah. God, are you alive are you okay calls nine one one. Emergency team comes in. Yeah, we call
2: nine one one. Stabilizes um, you. Um, she she can't she can't move me. The fire department gets there.
1: Is your wife a nurse?
2: Oh, hell no. No. See, oh, okay, uh, okay, okay. Oddly enough, she just recently got a job about six or eight months ago building jet engines.
1: Holy shit. <laughs> don't be mad.
2: Like, that was supposed to be my job. She has a great <laughs> she has a great job. Wow. Well, congratulations,
1: congratulations to, your to your wife.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I really do she needs that because um I don't work anymore. Right. right. (laughs) When the the fire department got there, I kind of got to. I could kind of rock my hips a little bit. Okay. Like, well, that's a good sign. And they took six of them to get me, drag me out from underneath the bed. They kind of sat me up on my chair, on my office chair. Mm -hmm. My arms and legs started working again.
1: Oh, thank God!
2: Everything was really fucked up though. Um, Sure. I didn't go to the hospital right away with them because they were kind of. They were kind of like, well. One of them was kind of rolling his eyes at me, I guess. Made, made like a drinky, drinky motion or something like that. Sarah caught it. And she whispered that shit in my ear. And they're like, well, you want us to call you an ambulance? I'm like, you call one already? Fuck. No, go. I'll, I'll get my own ass to the hospital. Which, wow. Which I, uh, I actually did. Sarah drove me down there. That's uh, a crazy. A hours later. Yeah. Uh, so I had a lot of nervous system damage, a lot of spinal cord damage. It's what they call an incomplete spinal injury a complete spinal injury is where it's broken like you're
1: like torn the you're in a wheelchair forever
2: like right. yeah like you're a paraplegic or you're a quadriplegic like that's a complete spinal injury so what i have is central cord syndrome which is uh the central the center of your uh, spinal cord mm-hmm. it affects a lot of stuff with like you're walking using the john uh it affects stuff with like sensation and and it's mm-hmm. it's like the body is amazing like uh like what, the, what they told me is like you know you you're connected but you're not connected like you Mm -hmm. know your body's got to make new neural pathways like for signals to get through and it's until then it's going to be really garbled the fruit i spent basically a year just short of a year before i was able to take my first step um i was totally like i was at first i was totally just in a hospital bed or in a wheelchair and to get me in and out i had a hoyer lift in my room like they literally had a hoist yeah. in my ceiling of my hospital room to get me in and out of bed. So by the time I got wow. home, I, it was still, I, I used the, what's called a slide board. It's kind of looks like a big skateboard. blank. it's like smooth yeah. wood. And um, you basically put that under your butt cheek and you slide the patient to where you're going to transfer them to. And, and I mean, she had, she had to help me quite a bit. Yeah, She's probably doing like 30% of the work. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying yeah. to, trying to scooch my butt over and, Eventually got to where I could do it myself with the with the board. Okay, and then eventually I'm just like you know, that whole way over to the wheelchair. My uh, my butt's really not on this board. Let me try it. I I do these (laughs) things when Sarah's not looking because she's like a helicopter wife when I'm. She's super duper. She's so loving, and she she just terrified her man. She's like,
1: that's traumatic for everybody. Sometimes
2: I'm like, stand back, let me get it. I got this. I got I got to fail a couple times. Like I'm learning. I you know I did learn everything. Uh, I didn't have my use of my right hand first three months while it was healing mm-hmm. and doing a spinal injury and having to do like hospital and ICU and then rehab hospital is the worst. It's like I have three hours of physical therapy every day trying to do all that shit with only one hand sucked. Like, I mean, like I'll, they come and bring me my luck. just like, no, I need you to like literally open the thing and put the the sugar in my iced tea because I, I can't open a package.
1: Right. <laughs> wow. So. You fracture your wrist, you you have the tr- spinal injury, so they got to triage you. So they got to treat your neck and back first, obviously, and then they work on your wrist. So you, how long were you in the hospital initially?
2: Initially, I was in uh, the ICU for about a week, week or so. There, mm-hmm. I was like, I was on fentanyl all the time. Big, huge shout out to Don Mega. Don came, by. Don, I had to call Don. Like, I, I mean, literally, I'm on speakerphone. I'm still on. the I'm not gonna make it into words today. I think I just broke my neck. Wow.
1: So, Don is one of the Strip club DJs in the, our panda group, and he works with with Chris. And he great guy. He, he too. came by
2: my hospital numerous times to see me throughout this this process. I had friends that came by. My friend, my friend Frank came by and had to feed me. Like when I was first in there, like like after the initial shock, yeah, all the adrenaline had wore off. Even my left hand, I had to use like they had like these basically like a big foam pool noodle that you put on your mm-hmm. fork because I couldn't really hold a fork right. You know, like right. I, I, I totally couldn't text. I'd learn how to do speech to text real quick. I wow. couldn't even. Hold, I was too weak to even hold a phone. Like lingering effects, like the left side of my body is weaker than it sure. used to be, and I'm left-handed. Like my, I, I've done so much rehab on my right side to to deal with this busted up wrist and and my busted up shoulder that I'm now like in the weight room. I'm stronger with my right hand than I am with my left. Wow, which, is crazy. which is crazy.
1: So you could you you get treated initially, you start rehab. Now, I know that you had some in your recovery, you definitely had some problems with some of the hospitals, one of the hospitals. Yeah. Something went wrong. Yeah. So before we get to that, let me ask you this big question. So one of the things when I wanted to talk to you, I wanted to try, you know, share your hard-earned experiences and knowledge with people. So the question is, what three things do you wish you had known about using health insurance, uh, that you didn't know before that you know now that you wish you had known when you really needed to. That is a
2: very <laughs> good question, Elon. Thank you. It's been a real, like, serious, like, accelerated, you're going to get a four-year degree in two months kind of learning experience with this. Like, it's been, <laughs> it, like, it'll be, it, May 21st will be two years since this happened. So, I had okay. I had Obamacare. Okay. I, I You want to know your own health. Like, I, I have health issues anyways. Like, I had high blood pressure and whatever and blah, blah, blah need a mm-hmm. lot of doctors. So I, I didn't get like the, the bronze level coverage. I got like the silver level coverage, you know, somewhere like I could go to a specialist because mm-hmm. I need specialists. And that's just before I, this is before I got hurt. So you want to know where you're at with your own health and you want right. to know your coverage limits is really, really important. Okay. Because with this injury, it wound up being so big that, and, and since I was getting the Obamacare sub subsidy, I because I had this insurance, I didn't even have to wind up paying. I haven't paid a cent to wow. have better Good. insurance. Good, thank God. But you want you want you want to be aware because like you want to be aware of your max out of pocket. Mm-hmm. And when I picked when I picked that insurance, it was actually the it was actually one with the the lower maximum out of pocket per year.
1: Good, thank God. It
2: definitely helped. You you've got to know how things are billed. So when your insurance company wants to tell you no you have to you have to be you have to be your own advocate. You have to speak up for yourself and if you don't if you can't speak up for yourself, I was super fortunate. My mom is a, a retired hospital administrator. Oh, thank God. And she actually she actually came down to Phoenix when I had to have my second surgery on my wrist. She actually came down and stayed with me about 10 days and she speaks fluent hospital.
0: <laughs> it's
2: you so know language. so if you're inpatient, You wanna. You wanna always. You wanna check your meds and tell you what exactly they're giving you in that in that thing. Right. If you think it's been too long and, and they are skipping your meds, your pain meds or whatever, you gotta let them know. But you gotta advocate for yourself. You gotta. If, if the insurance company says doctors, we're not gonna be able to pay for this procedure or this medication, immediately ask. I need you to get a prior authorization. Learn that word, right. prior authorization that is that is the thing that where your doctor goes to bat for you with the insurance company and the other term you want to know is medically necessary because i've had to get stuff where they're like well we're not gonna pay for that turns out it was medically necessary okay they're gonna you know they they take care of it And, and you want to know your hospital like lastly you want to know your hospital like where you're at and when i when i say that i mean This kind of ties in with what you're asking about a minute ago. If something doesn't look right, get a different hospital. You can ask for that. You you could say, I would like to be discharged and sent here instead. There's ways that it can be done. If you're not like my my case, I wouldn't have been able to do it. You can leave against medical advice. You can get an AMA discharge and go to another hospital. Like, help me. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. So this is a case of, let me let me clarify that because I, I've never really heard of that. So you're not just leaving because you don't want to do what the doctor tells you. You're trying to go get better care or care that makes more sense to you, right? That's what you're saying?
2: Yeah, like you want to definitely, you know, if you're if you're in a situation where you're inpatient, mm-hmm. be prepared. Like you may not have the best hospital, you know. I One of the rehabs, my first hospital stay, I told you about the ICU. I was in the hospital a total of 100 days the first time. Wow. I went to do three different rehabs because... The first one I went to, uh, for some reason, I started to get some kind of infection. I got an abs running a fever. Oh, wow. They won't let you be there, especially this was during COVID, too. Like, Yeah, I was
1: going to say. But
2: if you've got the, you know, I needed IV antibiotics for this infection. Mm -hmm. They they couldn't figure out what it was or where it was. And I guess it was all, they fixed it up. I'm I'm good to go. So after they'd sent me back to the first hospital I was in. They go to send me back to a rehab. Well, they didn't have a bed for me there. Mm. They sent me to this place out by Sun City West. It's out there. And it's, I mean, like I was by far the youngest patient there. And they had really good equipment and they had pretty decent physical therapists. Their nursing was atrocious. Uh. While I was there, um, you know, I had about 14 staples on the back of my wrist where I had the surgery. for My first surgery um, you know, you, they're supposed to change that bandage every, you know, couple of days or whatever. One what of the and I just noticed she was doing stuff. I'm like, that doesn't look like she's doing it the right way, like they're supposed to. Like, there's there's a strip of this stuff called zero form that they put down over your staples, mm-hmm. and it is like a mad like infection barrier. Yeah, you know, it's it's you know, it's like antiseptic, and uh, she didn't put the zero form on, just kind of wrapped it in gauze. I got an infection. I'm like, wow. They didn't really. It took them a day or two to. For them to even, like, send me to my hand doctor to have it checked out. Like, look, I can feel how hot this is through my bandage. Ooh. Like, and it hurts like hell. Like, can we take me down there? They, There was pus coming out of everything. They yanked all, they yanked the pins out while I was oh, awake. They yanked, they yanked the staples out while I was awake. Oh. And they're like, you're going to be going to surgery tomorrow. Tomorrow? Oh, holy shit, man. It's like. <laughs> can we go now? Yeah. Please. And so they, they. They scooped me up out of there and they took, and I didn't realize you know, if they sent you to a different hospital or whatever, you had to take all your shit. Like, yeah. they're sending you there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, like, my bag with my laptop and everything in it was still in my room. Like, Sarah and I had to come by there. Like, they didn't even bother. Like, she just walked right in, walked, walked right past the front desk, came upstairs, like, you're not supposed to do that. You know, especially at a, like a rehab facility. Yeah, you're, you're not supposed to just go walk in there. She's like, somebody could have walked off your shit um i they let me fall out of a bed there i fell on my knee wow. like dude like the nurse and then the nurse yelled at me for falling out of the bed she yelled at me from across, no, i
1: did it intentionally Thanks. she
2: yelled at me from across the room as i'm like hanging onto the side of the bed with my good arm like help me help me I, like like she was, like <laughs> watched me go splat thought about i thought about doing a whole like lawsuit and everything but dude honestly because I, I i had a case you want to be done with it dude my full-time job the past few years has been getting better so
1: yeah I hear that.
2: It's nice now. I'm not having to go to like three different specialists every week. It gets better. I
1: can can tell, like I said, your aura and just your personality is back, man. And I'm so happy to see that. So again, if you doubt or question something or something doesn't feel right, trust your gut. Ask questions. Stand up for yourself. You got to be your own advocate. Hopefully, you have a family member there who can maybe, if you know, you can say, "Hey, could you, yeah, whatever, right? If you're too weak or you're not feeling good, right? But you got to have people with you."
2: Yeah, people. If you have a nurse in your circle, if you have a nurse in your circle, yeah, be nice to them. You may need (laughs) that, right? Like, give the room a once over. Yeah.
1: And the thing is, it's it's not always negligence, it's not even incompetence. People make mistakes and they have to deal with so many patients and there's so much going on. So it happens. You gotta look out for yourself because they can't always look out for you. I know they try their best most every yeah. time and they do their best. So I don't want to act like I'm you know smashing all you know healthcare worker. That's not the case, but
2: no, no, no. But I mean, there's there's sometimes you get like a CNA that is uh that is awesome at her at her or his job, and they're they're good at your patients, and you get others that are just like I can't stand being here. I was just a paycheck, but you know, like, dude, there was a point in time when I totally needed my ass wiped for like a minute. Wow! And there is one lady I was like, clean me up. It's like, damn near tore my ass open, man. I'm like, she's. I'm like, (laughs) sandpaper? The hell! (laughs) I'm like, what the hell, man? Yeah, supposed to kiss me on the cheek before you try that. (laughs) And you know what I did is I'm just like, and I didn't like her. I didn't like her demeanor at all. And I just I asked for the charge nurse. That's 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 when you have to be caring. I'd like to speak to a manager. The manager at the hospital, that is your charge nurse.
1: Okay. Good to know.
2: And I don't want that person touching me again. Right. They'll make that happen. That's what I say. That's why I say be your own advocate. Yeah. Because the at, at the first hospital I was at mm-hmm. where I got hurt. I don't even know. They're so understaffed. I don't even know they could have done anything about it. Right. But any like reputable hospital, mm-hmm. I, I've had it. Both my my last two hospital stays. I've had, you know, there was nurse's aide that just rubbed me the wrong way like uh, that one.
1: Uh-uh. <laughs> well, good, man. It's, you got to stand up for yourself.
2: They're more than happy to make the adjustment for yeah. you if, if you tell them.
1: How can they know if you don't tell them? If yeah, you don't tell them. I agree. Well, man, right. so where are you now in your recovery? Kind of what's, So you are moving about. I see you know, you're know, you in your wheelchair now, but you're moving about now. I know you. Uh, so let's talk about where you are in recovery or what's next for you in, in this recovery process for you.
2: Well, I had spinal reconstruction surgery. It'll be one year okay. ago on June 8th. I'm fused from my C3 to um, my C7. So I have two titanium plates and about a dozen titanium screws in my vertebrae there. And they, the surgery is called an anterior discectomy. So they cut me across my throat Mm -hmm. from ear to ear. And two guys like held my insides apart while the doctor can went in there with a Makita and screwed me together. And they take out the discs because every disc was like bulging, ruptured, et cetera, herniated. The discs are removed. The spine won't move at that Mm -hmm. junction About 12 weeks to recover. You know, I I had a collar on, like, at at all times, except for when I ate or when I took a shower. The very next day, like, I got strength back in my limbs. Awesome. Not all of my strength, but, like, noticeably. Like, the the first time I went to stand up after my surgery, I was, like, boing, like, whoa! Yay! Hey, that's nice, because I, leading up to the surgery, I was going to, like, I was going to prehab. I was going to, like, physical therapy Mm -hmm. just to get, because I just started walking, Mm -hmm. you know, with a walker. Mm -hmm. I wanted to get as strong as I could, you know. So I had that done. And um, so I'm up to walking now. What I, I go to a special gym, it's an adapted gym. Okay. It's people of all different abilities, handicaps, totally regular people that go there. They got trainers. It's it's really awesome. Very cool. There's an indoor track and the surface is super smooth. Okay. So taking a walker, like like I went out to the bar at New Year's. I went bar hopping. Didn't bring a wheelchair. <laughs> Yay! And like I can get from the car to inside and sit down and have a drink, I can do that. Awesome, you know? dude. But go taking a walker through a parking lot is a lot more work than Woo. taking a walker on the track. Yeah, yeah, of course. So I'm up to about I'm up to about 250 feet uh, at a stretch. Awesome. Without needing a break, and if I don't, do you have all your
1: feeling in your extremities. All that's fine now. No,
2: um, no. <laughs> like for for much you could like you couldn't even touch my skin like on my leg. So I would I would jump. It felt like I was getting tased. So like well, I
1: you were hypersensitive so the opposite so yeah
2: I, I had to i've worked through that over time but I, it's I, it's not like it's before like sensitivity wise like i when i'm barefoot mm-hmm. i feel really really unsteady and i i don't have a lot of feeling in my in my toes and in my feet so i have to be careful yeah. of that That's i have to be careful i have a drop foot on my left side which is like that partial paralysis of the foot it doesn't pick up when, it, when you walk like you oh, whether you realize okay. you pick the toes up when you take a step so I have to bring that knee up. If I don't have the brace on for that, I have to bring my knee up higher, consciously do it, or else I'll stub my toe on trip. Yeah, I got it. I mean, I've fallen, I've fallen a couple times since since my surgery. Don't tell my surgeon that careful, man. But I, I, I did. I, I totally slipped off the side of my bed like the mattress had oh, no. slid over on my hospital bed and I straight yeah. out boom hit the floor. Broke my nose. <laughs> but you know what's awesome? I was able to get up off the what? floor
1: hey yeah i I go to i go
2: to ability 360 like two to three times a week i've been doing weight room and i've been doing walking and just recently i got a trainer and we started working in the pool and that absolutely that kicks your ass i have an hour booked on thursday this week i will probably only be in the pool maybe 45 minutes because they only there was only six people at a time that are allowed to use therapy pool so you got to book time slots
1: Right, right 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 but
2: just standing up and walking around and doing my exercises in the pool a half hour of that is like go to the weight room and hit the weights for like two hours oh yeah
1: that's no joke the
2: first day i did it I, i'm like I, I used to have really bad sciatic pain first day I it, i'm staying in the pool it's like this is great if i fall like it's you know i'm walking around like free right and after 30 seconds i'm like oh my god my sciatic hurts i haven't had this pain in two years you know it's my low back pain <laughs> it's, it's,
1: it's, it's a good thing, <laughs> I
2: guess. Yeah, but I'm getting like I'd start I've started to get stronger at it. Like it's it's good for your balance and your core good. and all that stuff. And really, like I could do there's cardio stuff I can do at the at the gym. Nothing does it like just walking with that walker. The house is small and it's kind of cluttered. It's kind of hard to get around in here with the walker, but I do it. Like I make myself do it more. Good. I'll make myself um I'm making myself I'll go out front and I'll just walk. Down the draw, down the little walkway to the my sidewalk, and come on back into the house. Yep. you know, or, or uh, short walks. But I'll go to the gym if I don't have a spotter with my wheelchair. I'll just uh, I'll bring the walker and I'll walk laps around the weight room. And I mean, awesome. heart pounding, definitely gasping out of breath. But I'm uh, I'm getting stronger. Good it's, man. It's it's all attitude. It, it really is like the whole thing. I you said you said it. I, I had some really low lows. I I've had some really low lows. But dude, I was a freaking paraplegic or quadriplegic for half a minute i i should have been a quadriplegic three to three pound ass like all my weight on my neck you know like really unflattering position to fall out of bed like face down ass up feet tucked under the bed god six hunky fire all that like, pressure on me head. up and carry me somewhere yeah like it's every girl's dream <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: That's funny. Well, man, one of the reasons I reached out to you, you're you're well on your way in your physical recovery. That's awesome. And obviously mentally, you're doing much better. This makes me so happy. I'm overfilled with joy seeing you and where you are now. But one of the reasons I reached out, you just posted, hey, I kind of think I want to get back into DJing again. You posted a picture of your laptop. You had virtual DJ on. So what what is sort of what is next for you? What are your plans? What are you hoping to do as you continue your physical recovery? What's next for you?
2: Well, I'll be honest. And this is a shame on me as a DJ, but I was kind of dealing with some stuff. <laughs> oh, I man. haven't listened to any music in two years. I, I until recently. Yeah. I would knew I knew like this song, like I knew that this song or this artist might piss off a lot of DJs because I hear them bitch about it on Facebook. I can help you. Uh, yes, I know. <laughs> we've got these I, podcasts. So I've been checking out. I've been checking out. <laughs> I've been checking out the podcast. I've been checking out the. Uh, <laughs> I've been checking out the Panda Tracks playlist on uh, yep. Spotify is awesome. And you know they have music on at the gym. You know, like it's, the, it's sometimes it's old geezer rock like I like, and then sometimes I hear I'm like. What is, yeah. this? This is Doja. all right i like Doja cat that's yeah, all Doja's good, you know? good
1: stuff.
2: like you know and so i'm I'm getting into that again and i i did i went and bought a little controller and and because you know like i could say you got to kind of learn how to mix on the fly now yep. a little bit plus it looks cool yeah i'm trying to get uh i'm slowly but surely getting up to where like i can see her in the room and play music for it. all out. right well so clubs in phoenix you know?
1: man keep an eye out for dj big nasty coming your way soon we're going to get you back in the clubs brother
2: I'm going to try. I'm going to try that on a limited release basis. I like it. I might have something coming up, but I can't really say what.
1: All right. we have got to let us know and we'll we'll get the word out to everybody. All right, man. Well, first of all, let me say again, your whole journey has been an inspiration. You've overcome things I can't imagine overcoming. Much props, much respect, much love to you, man. I'm so thankful that that you're still with us, that you're not a quadriplegic, and that you are where you are now. And uh, you ready to have some fun? Hell yeah, dude.
2: I'm ready to have some fun.
1: All right. Here we go. Big Nasty, Chris Allen, you were on the hot seat. These are the 10 modified questions as made famous by Bernard Pivot and James Lipton on Inside the Actors Studio. Are you ready?
2: Yes. Yes, I am, James.
1: <laughs> Question number one, what's your favorite word? Mm, got a pen right here. It says,
2: fuck right off.
1: <laughs> I, you know, I okay. it really
2: shouldn't be fuck, but you know it's going to be fuck. Actually, you know what?
1: Well, we're getting there. That, that curse word question is coming, so oh, okay. let's not well, use that. What What's your words? favorite word? Me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me. There you go. What's your least favorite word? Oh,
2: uh, God, I don't know. There's so many words. I don't know that I have a least favorite one. I like all the words. One thing that means? Something just makes something just makes me uh, that makes me ill. Um, yeah, thievery. Thievery. Okay. I I I hate thieves. I hear okay. somebody being a thief. Uh, being a thief that just I I don't like people that
1: steal from people got it what turns you on creatively spiritually or emotionally
2: I think spiritually I um you know when I went through this whole thing I I kind of I yeah I wouldn't say a thousand hospital room religion but uh you know it's kind of like I'm like well whatever's out there I'm gonna pray to it (laughs) yeah right (laughs) like like nature like when I when I'm with nature like that that is really good I, I just drove to see the folks up in Sacramento and we went up through, Oh my God, everything is just so in bloom in California. They call it a super bloom. Oh, that's like beautiful fields of poppies that are so big. You can see them from the space station. Wow. I was just coming through and just looking at the mountains and like, we came through Palm Springs and the hills above Palm Springs had snow on them. Like that beautiful in Palm desert. Like that doesn't happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In that
2: zip code, you know, Oh, for sure. <laughs> that's
1: gorgeous. That's gorgeous. What turns you off? bitchiness okay
2: just whether a guy or a girl just if you're just if you're just a snapperhead man i just <laughs> i just i just don't want to like i just don't want to you know what i mean even if, if even if i have to be nice to you yeah i'll be nice to you but
1: i don't want to i get it i get it uh now what is your favorite curse word fuck Fucked. Uh, that's been everyone's answer no one is i think one person. actually
2: you know what no you're right here's okay. my favorite curse word cunt
1: Cunt. there you go
2: I, I i you know there's there's an art to like being able to like throw that into a conversation and not totally offend the room <laughs> and, and and you have to also not be concerned with offending the room or
1: you can be australian <laughs> they use it very effectively or, yeah 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 true. <laughs> Aussie, Aussie. Oy, oy. Oy, oy. Uh, what sound or noise do you love kick drum Man. on a really good sound
2: system like a bass guitar
1: yeah Big fat bass. Put
2: on anything, anything from like Use Your Illusion. Oh, yeah. Nice. Like the the way they, the way that they, they mic'd up the drums, Matt and Sorum. Duff's bass yeah,
0: on yeah. that. Like play
2: Civil War, like the beginning of Civil War. He plays that first yep. bass riff, like, you know, before, during the intro of the song. It just sounds awesome. Like, like when you go to a concert and they're doing sound check, it's the headliner, you hear that, you hear that kick drum go boom, and it hits you in the love chest. It. I fucking love that.
1: What sound or noise do you hate?
2: People with uh little Hondas and Nissans with that coffee can muffler. <laughs> they usually got some they usually got some stickers like from AutoZone it's just like GT like they put it on the back of their Honda. like this is a Honda GT. That's good. Yeah. I used to live in Glendale I saw so much of that shit. Oh my god.
1: <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to attempt?
2: I don't know. I you know what I I I kind of thought about getting into like that's just the same thing I already do. It's voiceover, but no, you know what I honestly I I did want to be a mechanic and I and I'm good at mechanical stuff and I like my toolbox is like right behind me on the shelf. Yeah. I'm just like, dude, I had to pull I had to pull it out and he said in my wheelchair the other day and I like I never felt so satisfied there just you go being able to turn a screwdriver I
1: thought you were gonna say yeah. robotics because <laughs> you like robotics.
2: honestly uh you know what that would be that would be pretty dope I actually actually have a, one of my friends actually drives for one of the battle box teams
1: mm. that's very cool
2: and yeah that's that's a really expensive hobby I can't afford that that's more that costs more than cocaine dude
1: <laughs> that's pricey what profession would you never like to do not like to do
2: Anything that requires me to put on overalls to stand waist deep and up. <laughs> like, like pretty much. No, I, that's why go. they have a show called dirty jobs, yeah. because I get to watch other bastards do that. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to be that poor
1: bastard. Yeah. Today. That's that's a good one. All right. Here's the big one. This is the modified question. If heaven exists, when you enter the pearly gates, what musician or musicians would you most like to jam with or hear?
2: Oh, God. Have you ever seen that list of all the rock stars? Oh, yeah. That are in heaven, like that poster.
1: Yeah. 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 That, yeah. You know,
2: the poster. Yeah. God, Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. Um, God, I never got to see Stevie Ray. Yeah. I, I I, I had at least four or five chances. And it was oh, back then, concerts were cheap. It's like, I was working, right? I just don't have an extra 15 bucks this week because you could get a <laughs> lawn seat for 15 bucks. Oh, yeah. You know, like I, like I got to see BB King twice.
1: Wow. That's awesome.
2: That was he was oh so good. I don't know who else would I like to hear or jam with up there. Um I would love to hear God I'd love to hear John Bonham play some drums. Ooh, yes. I'd like to hear uh I think John Entwistle from The Who Entwistle. Is Dead, isn't yeah. he?
1: Yeah, uh, no is he? Hold on, let me think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think he is. Let I me mean, have to Google that.
2: I don't know. But yeah, dead rock stars. I I would totally yeah. dig here I'd love to see like yeah, Bonham awesome. and Hendrix
1: Jam with Bob Marley on vocals.
2: Dude, you know what like you know jimmy jimmy would have no problem getting that upstroke thing on the picking and put his
1: own flair on it man that'd be dope like
2: he could dude. all right my brother you
1: are off the hot seat you're off the hot seat thank you so much for coming on i really appreciate you we will follow up with you and see where you are and certainly once you if you find a dj gig let us know and we will we will announce it to the world
2: listen thank you so much for having me and putting up with me i'm a motor mouth it's nice (laughs) just to talk to somebody
1: Amen. Well, I appreciate you coming on, brother. Uh, You've been listening to Behind the Curtain of What's Hot in the Strip Clubs podcast on the Pantheon Podcast Network. We're found on all major streaming platforms, or you can go to our website, www.whatshotitsc.com. Tell your friends, share the show. I'm your host, Elon Fong. I'll see you
0: soon. Thanks for listening to What's Hot in the Strip Clubs with Danny Myers and Elon Fong, presented by Panda and Strip Joints Music. You can find us on all major podcast platforms. Thanks for listening. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.